You guys doing good today? Yeah, it's fun to have Team Challenge here, isn't it? It's awesome. Well, Eric introduced me. I always like to say, my name's Jeremy. I get the privilege of leading our small groups here at Mosaic. And I have 24 minutes and 59 seconds to win canes. So I'm gonna get started right away. I'm just kidding, it's an inside joke. About two weeks ago, we started this new series called Love, Serve, Multiply. Um, it's based on our big three, as Pastor Eric mentioned. Uh, we're here, we exist to love God, to help people love God, serve others, and make disciples. In the first week, Pastor Eric talked about uh, loving God and how in Matthew 22, Jesus was actually asked, what is the most important commandment in the Old Testament? And his response was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And that's significant. Pastor Eric talked about how loving God means to recognize that instead of us being the leader of our life, that it's better for us to surrender our life to Christ and live for him. That when we recognize making Jesus the leader of our lives, even though it's difficult sometimes, it definitely is the better life. And then the next week, uh, last week, we talked about serving others. And in that exact same sentence, he didn't pause. He didn't put a, uh, uh, what's the dot? Oh my gosh, I can't think this morning. Period. He continued and volunteered that the second most important command of all is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. We discussed how we're called to push back the evil and dark things, things of this world through serving others. What I find the most compelling about that is, is that it says love others as you love yourself. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I love myself pretty well. Like I take care of me. I work pretty hard to make sure that my life and the life of those I care about is comfortable. And here, Jesus completely wrecks that. He says we're to love others with, with as much commitment as we love ourselves. You definitely, if you haven't heard, gonna wanna go back and listen to those podcasts. They're great messages. Well, today we're wrapping up the series talking about multiply. And at the end of last week, Pastor Eric um, asked, have you been with Jesus? That's how we ended the sermon. And we're gonna pick up right there where we, where we left off. We're gonna read from John chapter four. If you have a Bible, please feel free to turn to it. All the verses are gonna be up here, but let's get going because my clock is ticking. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, and let me tell you, that's gold right there. That says something, and it's going to come up later. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, weary as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the wall. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw the water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? 
Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I want to focus on the last two verses where he said, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is revealing something to us. He's telling us that the needs and the things of this world aren't what's important. When you dig deeper, you find that the success that we always strive for in this life is nothing compared to what he gives us. He offers us eternal life and this living water. As I was thinking about this over the last month or so, another couple of verses popped in my head and we're gonna read those from Galatians 5. It's a letter Paul wrote to a church in Galatia. They were really creative when they named the books of the Bible. So uh, in this portion, Paul's talking about staying close to God by what he calls walking in the spirit. Now that sounds really weird to us, right? But it's not. All it means is walking every day with God, with Jesus. It means talking to him, having a relationship with him. And in these few verses we're gonna read, it talks about what happens when we do walk filled with his spirit. Let's read them. Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Did you catch that last part? When people are living their life full of these fruit of the spirit, there's no need for any law because when people are walking in love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and gentleness and kindness and self-control, you don't need laws to govern what people do because they're already living right. Have you ever had times in your life where either you or people around you exhibited these qualities? Have you experienced what it's like to live this way? Have you had those close to you live this way? And what did that do to you? How did it shape you as a person? I feel safe and confidently saying that anytime I've been so full of this living water that my life was so much better. I also feel really safe in saying that the same is true for everybody. When we live our lives full of these qualities, we not only make our lives better, but the lives of everyone around us is improved too. And this is when we change the world. This is when we make a difference. We can't help but make the world a better place when we live full of love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But what does this have to do with multiplying? And this is the point in the message where I was so concerned, no one was gonna ask, but I'm glad you guys did. See, I wrote this down. I think the key to not only being able to multiply, but even to have the desire to multiply is this right here. We live in a world that screams out to us, look out for number one, me, myself, and I. I'm gonna take care of me first and everyone else might get whatever's maybe left over. But a big part of the reason why Jesus' message was so controversial was because he taught us that we're supposed to forsake ourselves for the sake of others. And that's scary, and that's radical. And that's what ultimately brought Christ to the cross. He consistently said that those who give of themselves don't lose 
they actually gain. I think this all plays into multiply because the number one reason why we don't multiply often tells us what we need to do to multiply. And the number one reason I believe is because sometimes it's easy to get focused on ourselves. This is a battle for me, so don't feel like I'm sitting up here judging you at all. Okay, this is something that I struggle with. I'll be the first to admit this. This is probably the hardest part of my life. Not being consumed with how I can advance my own agenda or the agenda of those around me, but how can I serve and love and give to others? I believe this is the number one tension that we are called as Christians to manage. I love how our big three flows so naturally together. When you love God, you'll grow to serve others. And when you're serving others, you're gonna make disciples. It works hand in hand. But it all starts with asking God for that living water and watching as that living water pours out fruit of the spirit and brings a multiplication. And why do we need to multiply? According to a recent survey, 34% of Minnesotans attend church regularly, 47% pray daily, and 56% believe in God with absolute certainty. In Maple Grove, the numbers of people who affiliate with a religion are 55%. So let's put those stats to real numbers. 70,000 people live in Maple Grove. What's 45% of that? It's 31,000 people living in our community who don't know God. Add in their surrounding cities like Plymouth and Brooklyn Park, Otsego, Rogers, Corker and Champlin, New Hope, Robbinsdale, Rogers, Dayton, Brooklyn Center. I think we kind of get the point, right? 3.6 million people live in the metro area. What is 45% of 3.6 million? It's a lot. This is why we can't just afford to add people to God's kingdom. We need to multiply God's kingdom. The world is full of people who are hurting and lost, broken, who need hope and don't feel they have any. The need is real, but there's good news because the hope is real. The fruit of the Spirit is real. The living water is real, and Jesus is real. And he impacts the lives of people every single day. I want to read a part of Matthew 28, and then we're going to finish up with a visual. Um, in Matthew 28, 16 through 20, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He already had his ministry. He was crucified. He rose from the dead. He spent some time with them, and this is right before he goes to heaven. Like, these are his last words. Matthew 28, 16. This has always carried a lot of weight with me, because if I had one thing to say to the people that I loved on this earth, I think I would make it the most important thing that I could ever say to them. And here's what Jesus said. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Notice there's again, no period. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. A lot of people stop with the, know the verse and stop with the verse, go into all the world and make disciples. And that's a tagline. But it, he didn't stop there, did he? It's interesting. A lot of people go, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, keep reading. He said, go into all the world and teach them to obey my commands. 
That gives us a key right there. A couple months ago, we got to go to a conference with Pastor Eric um, down in Orlando, and one of the speakers there, I always just destroy his name. I think it's Josie Chaco, but it's either Josie or Josie. Either way, he pointed out in these verses that it says, teaching them to obey what I have commanded you. It's not just knowing, it's also an obedience there. This got me thinking, do I even know the commands of Christ? Like legitimately, how many can I name? Uh Oh, we're not gonna play that exercise. How can I ever obey something if I don't know? And yet it's clear that making disciples requires us to know and obey what Jesus taught. And this was the last thing he told us to do. So we're called to go make disciples by teaching others to obey what he commanded. That is how we multiply disciples. We know his commands, we obey them, and then we teach others. This idea has greatly influenced the way Mosaic is set up. It's why we do small groups, or at least a big part of the reason. It's part of the reason why we meet on Sundays. We meet on Sundays to learn about his commands and then we meet in small groups to discuss it and what does that mean to my life and how can I better grow to obey that? You guys, Josh, you wanna bring up that table? (laughs) We all have people in our lives who know Jesus, people who don't, uh, I'm sorry, people who need Jesus, people who don't know him at all. They may know a few things simply because of culture but knowing a few things about Jesus and knowing him personally that's two very different things. I imagine all of us know peop- uh, all of us know who Jesus is, have a few people in our lives who don't. Whether it's a family member, a neighbor, thanks Josh, a coworker, an old friend, maybe it's someone you met a different way. We all have people in our lives who need living water that Jesus spoke about. I also know that everybody has different reasons for coming to church. Some of you are here because you were raised to go to church, right? Some of you are here because your spouse brought you. Some of you are here because you're just kind of checking God out, not really sure what it's about. Others because you want to learn and grow in your faith. Other people just want to make friends. None of these are bad reasons to be here, okay? Don't mishear me. I wish more people would come for these exact same reasons. But today, I want to give you another reason why you might come to church and be involved. I don't want to replace your reason. I just want to give you another tool on your tool belt. About 10 years ago, I had a friend named Craig. He was kind of a mentor to me. He moved to Texas um, when I first got saved and started going to church. He was a leader there, and he poured a lot into me. He was actually the best man in our wedding. Just an amazing, amazing guy. And uh, I was really sad to see him go. A couple months later, I got a phone call. We were talking, and he'd gotten involved in his church, and he just couldn't stop talking about how it changed his life. Someone at his church told him something that he then conveyed to me and it totally messed me up. He probably didn't even realize it, but this is what he said. Craig said, I don't go to church for me anymore. I go to church because the people who come who need Jesus and I get to pour my life into them. I, thought, I always thought Craig did that at our church, but I guess this time now it was intentional. He was doing it on purpose. It wasn't just an accident. He went on to tell me how he had gone to church his whole life and every time he went to church, it was generally for a different reason at different periods. Someone in his life changed his thinking and it profoundly changed him. I can tell you that when he told me that, it completely changed me too. How many of you guys have ever seen these red Solo Cups? Anyone go to college? I got from the laugh. 
A lot of people know what these are. It's all right. <laughs> well, remember that living water that we were talking about? So let's pretend that this picture is an endless supply of God's living water. Thankfully for this, it doesn't have to be that much. When I'm with Jesus, he pours his living water into me when I ask him for it. He gives, right? Ask and you shall receive. When he pours his life into me, what am I supposed to do with it? Just let it sit there? The more I'm with him, the more he's pouring life into me, the more he's giving to me. And that living water produces fruit. And out of that fruit, other people in my life are sitting there going, what is up with Jeremy? He's weird. Why is he nice? He used to be so mean. Like he used to like taunt people to get him to fight because he was just angry all the time. And now like he's not angry anymore. What's going on? See, when we're full of God, when we're full of God's water in our life, we change. But what are we supposed to do with that change? I want to take it another step further. Imagine if we ask God to bring people into our life who were ready to receive him. Imagine if we had a sister or a brother. It's good. You can leave it. I got plenty. A brother or a neighbor or a coworker. Imagine we had somebody who God brought into our life that God wanted us to pour our life into. What if we shared And now we go back to the source because we know God. And we're full again because we're with him every day, constantly. And we pour more into everybody. Now imagine for a second that we teach them to go to the source. Because they've seen the life that God gave us. And they say, I want that. And now you get to pour or watch as God pours into their life. Now imagine if they bring people around them because they ask God. I think you guys get the point, right? See, the beautiful part about it is the more cups we line up here on the table, the more opportunity we have to multiply the water we gave to someone else. They're now giving to others. And suddenly, we've got a table full of cups and we wish we had thought this through and brought a second table, but we didn't. So we just keep pouring water into the few cups we have, but imagine there's another table and we're pouring water into more people and we're multiplying God's kingdom. And this cup, mind you, is not a red solo cup. This is me. Justin, this is you, buddy. This is all of you guys. And you know who these cups are? These cups are your loved ones, the people you care about. These cups don't just represent an opportunity to be involved at church because we serve because we're supposed to. That's not, I mean, if that's where you're at, serve for that reason. Cool, I'm good with that. But you know what? There is a better, I'm way pages ahead of myself here. <laughs> there is a better. And the reality is, is these represent the hundreds of thousands of people in our community who need us to pour into their lives, to give them that love and that joy and that peace and that patience and that goodness and that kindness and that self-control. These cups are lives. They're not just an example. 
Everyone you come in contact with has someone in their life hoping that they can live a better life. How many of you guys thought of somebody when I mentioned that? Maybe it was a sister or a cousin or a friend. Every one of you has someone in your life that you love and care about. But the reality is, the truth is, that every person you encounter on a daily basis has someone in their life that they're loving and caring and hoping that people would invest and give and pour their life into to give a better life. What a better day than to have Teen Challenge here for this. Look at what Teen Challenge has done over the decades with people being willing to serve and give and invest in the lives of people. And it changes lives, doesn't it? It changes people's lives. The truth is God loves all of us. And he wants all of us to find this fruit of the Spirit. He wants all of us to find this love and this service. He wants all of us to be pouring into the lives of others. God's love is boundless. And when we see all people through his eyes, it changes everything. This doesn't mean you have to quit your job, okay? You don't have to quit all your hobbies. You don't have to sell your home and move overseas or you know, do radical crazy things that everyone thinks, well, what does this mean? Now I gotta quit my life and find a whole new one. No, it's actually really simple. It can start with you just asking God to help you understand what your next step is. For some of us, it's just asking him, what can we do? It's viewing our reason for being here differently and giving up some of our time, talent, and treasure in order to invest in the lives of others. I'm not gonna lie to you, the journey is gonna cause you to wanna surrender more and more. It's just how it happens. When you experience good life, you can't help but want others to have the same. I don't know where you're gonna end up, but I can tell you one thing, you won't regret one second of it. A life surrendered to Christ, serving others, loving God, and multiplying is the best life possible. I wrote this down, I wanna read it to you. When you are the conduit that living water flows through to others, the benefit to you is a constant stream of God's spirit. I can't tell you what the end result of any of this is because I'm way, way a work in progress. Trust me. I can tell you though, the more you pour into the lives around you, the more true life you will experience. The more that you multiply, the more your joy is gonna multiply. The more you, your peace is gonna multiply, the more your patience is going to multiply, the more your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, and your self-control is gonna multiply. When you give out, you can't help but gain. It's the way it works. The benefit of lives changed around you and your life, the benefit is lives changed around you and your life will never ever be the same again. This is our mission at Mosaic. We want to multiply disciples, small groups, service teams, and ultimately churches because God's kingdom is multiplying when we do that. We want to be the conduit that the living water flows through. And I have one simple question for you today. Will you join us? Will you be a part of something so significant that God himself came from heaven to earth and died so that we could, do, so that we could lead people back to him? Will you sacrifice your time, your talent, and your treasure and ask God to fill you with living water and ask him to bring people into your life that you can pour into? Will you join Mosaic as this is our mission and our calling? Because every person is loved 
by many, many, many people. But more importantly, every single person is loved by God. Everyone is worth the effort we make and only together can we reach our community. So I'm gonna ask you one more time, will you join us? Let's pray. Father, this is such a big topic and a hard thing to both ask and to do, to be surrendered to you, to live a life of service for others, to not put ourselves first is hard. But Lord, I just ask that today you would help all of us to be encountered with that question. How can we better serve the people around us and love them? And how can we multiply by surrendering all of this to you? Father, our time, our talent, our treasure is all yours. And I just ask that this week as we go about our business, Father, that you would help us to see people through your eyes. That every person we encounter, we would feel your compassion for them and that you would prompt us to know how to act and what our step is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.